0: Steve, um, you know, healthcare in this country is very expensive. I don't know if you know that. Uh, so I really appreciate you being my free therapy session for the week.
1: <laughs> it's true. If you had to pay for it, it would, it would be expensive. Hi, Steve.
0: Um, welcome into the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve. Um, Steve, we've got a... Well, I want to say it's a great show, but it's a it's a sad show today, I feel like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're going to talk about everything related to Penn State football right now. Well, not everything, because there's a lot of things, uh, but I feel like we'll touch on everything. We'll, we're going to spend a decent chunk of time on on, on that today. Uh, then we're, uh, Steve's going on a little, uh, uh, would you call it a mini vacation this weekend, Steve? What, what would you call it? Sure. It's a sure. game weekend, though. I mean, come sure. on. Sure. All right. Yeah, All right. it's work related, so we'll, right? Well, we'll, we'll yeah, there, we'll discuss that as Steve takes a sip of his, Ooh, what is that? A Hershey's chocolate porter. Hey, I got 600 of those in the fridge if you want one. Um, and wow. speaking of candy, we're going to talk about Halloween. So cool. All right. All right, Steve. Um, well, there was a football game on Saturday. I don't know if you were there, but uh, I unfortunately was. Um, I, I really don't even know where to begin. I really don't. Um, I was like, as I was writing the, the rundown today and you texted me earlier, like it was it was almost very hard to stay cohesive. And, and so this is going to be very bouncy, very rambly. Um, so just bear with me and probably Steve a little bit, because I'm sure he's just as fired up as I am. Um, the first thing that I wrote down was why Penn State lost. And, I, I, you know, I don't know why Penn State lost. I, I have I have absolutely spent probably what now? 72 hours after the game, 96 hours after the game, kind of sort of pondering that. And I don't know where anything went wrong, but I can't find where anything pretty much went right. Um, (laughs) So I, I kind of think that's where I'm at with it right now. And I think that is why I am so baffled, confused, stressed. I don't know. Uh, 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 about it, um, I point blank. Before we go anywhere else, think it's the worst loss in James Franklin's probably his coaching history. If you take a look at like like he's not going to have that important bad of a loss at Vandy. Um, I, I think it's a could potentially be a program altering loss, I know that that is very dramatic, but you know. Uh, we'll see. And I, I, I don't know. Um, let's go ahead and give me your thoughts and then we'll kind of go
1: from there. Um, they lost because they can't run the ball and they, the offense is really bad. Um, and they got manhandled on the lines. It felt like, I mean, cause here in coach Franklin, we're, we're doing this Tuesday night, here in coach Franklin, his news conference, right. His usual talking points, you know, what were the, what were the turnovers, whatever. I mean, you know, Penn state got a bunch of turnovers and couldn't do anything with it. Um, so, yeah, I felt like they lost because they couldn't run the game or couldn't run the ball. Um, they couldn't, as they have not been able all year, to, like, do anything along the lines. Um, it feels a little scary, although maybe not, that this is, as a fan, that this is a repeatable um, template for, for how to beat Penn State with with people hurt on defense and, and whatever else. So I think that's the part that's kind of scary about it a little bit. Um and I think you get into the overtimes and it's it's three yards and, and you and again, a couple of them probably should have worked better than they did and weren't executed well, but you're paying the new offensive coordinator, which was the big story, and you got to get three yards, and they just couldn't do that. So I mean the defense has done all it could all season to only give up ten points in this game to this team. You should be able to win a game if you give up ten points. They just they could not run the ball and they could not score points. And that hurt a lot.
0: Let's discuss the turnover thing first, because I think that is my biggest frustration point. It really felt like Penn State's defense played fine. Like, I have no problem with the fact that they, because they only allowed 10 points, basically, if you count the, the three and two field goals or whatever, then late. So 13 points, I guess, so, so to speak. Um Like, the... the the defense was there to me, and I, I really think that I have no, no issues with the defense outside because I don't think, looking at the schedule and what's left, I don't necessarily think anybody is going to line up in that jumbo set and just run it to the left 600 times because that's just how the coordinators, like, that is just Illinois' template, you know, like, that's what they do. This is what they've always done, so to speak. Um And the, the turnovers to me like kind of sort of were in everything that happened after the turnovers, those kind of sort of were the turning points of the game, like the, the summation of the game, like you were playing well enough to win. You didn't really have to do much more and you just weren't completing that, that, that task. And I think that is where I feel frustrated. I feel hung up on, I feel angry about, um, and I think that is where Penn state lost the game. I really genuinely think that everything that happened after those three turnovers for the most part was why Penn state did not win a football game on Saturday. Um, I, I think the other thing that we haven't talked about yet, and this is my segue into it is, is the fact that Sean Clifford, Steve, do you know what time we start, started recording? Cause we're, I don't want to, I don't want to be too long tonight, but
1: we're like five minutes in.
0: Okay. All right. Um, I'm sorry, that's a technical. I'm gonna pull it Welcome behind here.
1: the curtain, folks. Ooh. Yeah, um, ignore that man behind the curtain. Um,
0: so I I think where I was going was, and I've said this on Twitter, and and, and I think other people have echoed it on Twitter in, over the past few days is, Sean Clifford c- could have played, and did play. Sean Clifford was healthy enough to play. Was Sean Clifford healthy enough to be effective? No, he wasn't, and that point blank to me was the worst coaching decision that was made on Saturday. There's no doubt in my mind that if if Take One Roberson plays, Christian Veiu plays, he's more effective. He can run the they either of them can run the ball, either of them can throw it and, and get because the wide receivers were getting open in space. It, that's truly what it was. I, I, I truly believe Penn State wins that game, and it was baffling to me that nobody went, you know, he's not playing right. Maybe we should just try something else here for a hot second. Like every, there were five, six times where Sean got hit on the, on a third down, walked off the field, could barely walk off the field. Like you could tell he, like you could feel the pain in his ribs. And to me, I don't understand how no coach looked at that when 105,000 people saw that and said, you know what, let's not, let's, let's, let's just go a little bit in a different direction. I don't care how bad Taekwondo Tic- Robertson is. I don't care how underdeveloped Chris- Christian Veyu is. Point blank, like there's Division I athletes, they're there for a reason. You weren't asking them to, to chuck the ball 70 yards down the field and, and leave two minute drives every two seconds. To me, that's where they lost the game, another area that they lost the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Illinois, the best thing about Illinois' team is its running game and its offense. The defense, you had a chance to do some things if you had people capable of doing some things. So, and, and we don't know what we don't know in terms of how bad they must think the backups are, how how all in they're just pushing their chip? They push their chips in the table with, with Clifford. But I was surprised he played. I was, I don't know. I, I know I wasn't surprised. I was surprised he played up, but I was disappointed he played. Uh I I think protect the kid um, from himself. Even if the doctors say he's healthy enough to play, there's, again, there's there's healthy enough to play and healthy enough to contribute and do well. If you can't see that obviousness as it's happening, then that's not a good adjustment by the coaching staff. Um, But yeah, I I mean, it was an indictment of of the backups that Clifford was taking snaps in the, in last week. Anyway, you know, Oh, he's, he's splitting the reps with them too. Not that you don't want to get him back, but, yeah, if somebody couldn't come in and do something um, against this Illinois team, which again they won and, and they were the better team Saturday, but you would think there's a reason that Penn State was favored by as much as it was, and they should have been better. I think that was a bad decision. I think, I think they got out coached in terms of scheme wise. Then when it happened and not and not adjusting too well, um, yeah, I, I think the Clifford the Clifford decision and, and the third downs. We're huge. We're big, and and, and 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 Clifford, then is no. I mean, I know that they, they said at the news conference, said "He's better at this point this week than he was last week." I, I don't believe that. Like, I, I don't know. If you I'm don't get. You know, you don't get hit on all day Saturday and feel better than you did as a result. Take the snaps at practice, get a little better, coach up your backup in the game, and win this game last week, thirteen to ten, if you have to, with the backup but just win it however you can. And that's how you do it. Not by trotting that kid out there. I, I do think that was a mistake. Yeah. I just, and, and part of that
0: to me, part of that to me is where, it, and I know a lot of people are fired up about this this week with the, the whole one and zero thing and the opponent, opponent, opponent. But part of that to me is, is really not looking at the big picture because if Sean Clifford doesn't play or if even if Sean Clifford gets pulled out of the game and, and, and like I said, you know, it's the conversation is Sean, you're still our starter. We just have, we, we just need to win this football game. It's, it's not, you're going to start next weekend. Like, don't, you're just not hundred percent. And I think what happens is for whatever reason, because of the, the one and no mentality, there is no big picture planning. Like, there is no thought process down the road. And I think that was, that was really kind of reared its head there. Um,
1: I mean, one of the indictments of the Iowa game, one of the indictments of the coaching staff from the Iowa game was the backup wasn't ready to play. This was the perfect game. <laughs> to yeah. Get somebody some experience. And again, you're not asking them to set the world on fire and throw for six touchdowns and 500 yards. You need him to hand the ball off, make a couple quick slants and passes, not turn the ball over and you'll be fine. And even Clifford, you know, not to turn the ball over, but wasn't it just wasn't the right situation to I think to protect the kid and to prepare the next kids at the same time, and it ended up also producing a loss.
0: If even if I think I think, I wonder how this would be different if this was the Indiana game that going into the Iowa game, like so like Clifford would have got hurt in the Indiana game in, in, and yeah, maybe sure. Like if he's 80%, maybe sure. Cause I, I think, you know, that you're probably going to need a little bit better there, but the fact that you had two weeks to, to get ready for this one and you still don't feel that confident versus a hundred percent backup versus an 80% starter. Like, what are we doing here? Like,
1: what are we doing right. here? And if, if in two weeks you can't get a D1 athlete who you recruited, you're right to in some way be able to prepare and contribute. That's either an indictment on the kids' talent or your ability to prepare them, and neither one of them is a good thing. And it was a big part of, of what happened against Illinois.
0: Yeah, uh, I got some other uh, other things, and then we'll get to kind of sort of the big picture of of Saturday, and then we'll also get into the. Big picture of this coming Saturday. Um,
1: did you feel like there was no energy on Saturday? I wasn't in the stadium because I had some stuff to do, so it was all radio for me. Um, but it did feel flat. It felt from the stadium, it just felt. It, it, everything felt flat. The ambient noise felt flat.
0: Yeah, everything, everything just felt flat. And uh, I, I think, the de- like I said, I think the defense played fine. I, I really do was no energy in the stadium there was no pop there was no pep in the step and not to be whatever weird about it but the whole point of these this sounds so this this take is going to sound so weird and for lack of a better term no offense boomery but the whole point of these uniforms is, is to build excitement and be have something different to be excited about if you're going to put those on Equal it on the field, damn it! Like I, I, I have no problem with the uniforms, but it's just you're doing something special. Play special, and I, I felt like as far as homecomings go, and and I don't know if it was maybe just the weather, life. I don't, I don't know. It just it didn't feel right. I guess is, is the 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 best.
1: Say well they certainly really I mean they certainly it. looked listen. I mean, I listened probably to 60% of the game and then watched a bunch on YouTube TV outside because I got back later from my run. They had to make Sunday morning Saturday morning they had to see my parents than, than I thought I would. Um and didn't feel like walking in and getting wet. Um yeah, it just felt it felt like a a meandering noon game against a nondescript opponent that they just weren't up for. Um and Apparently that, that was the case. So, and it's, again, it's coming off a buy. If, if, if you believe the stuff or, or you're going to preach the stuff that every game is a Super Bowl and every game is one to know, then how does this happen? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I know what happens. I mean, that's, that's the reality, the whole one zero thing. Like there's weeks that just aren't that. And, and and the kids know better. I mean, no matter what you're going to do, no matter what you tell them, they're, they're going to be, even though they only do 12, do this 12 times a year, there are just days when it just doesn't feel the same. And unfortunately, that was one of them. And Illinois did some good stuff, or at least enough stuff on, in the running game, which was just embarrassing about how many yards they rushed for. But Penn State was, then was still in it, even with all that going against. I mean, that's the, the part that's, I guess, frustrating as a, from the fan perspective, is, is you want to say, God, they looked awful. And, and they did. But as awful as they played there was still enough good stuff if there would have been a couple glimpses. If there would have been a little pep in their step, I can't believe you threw that out there, they'd, they'd have been pretty good. They'd at least gotten the W maybe. Yeah. I
0: think the other thing for me, and I kind of tweeted about this on, on Saturday during the game, and, and I am not normally one to gripe about the music in Beaver Stadium and hitting the make some noise button 600 times a game or, or whatever it may be, but there were a lot of game... Day experience things that just were weird, and and Steve's a Steelers fan, so you know this. But like you know how there's a point in in a Steelers game when they when it's like the right moment to hit the renegade button, and that gets the crowd juiced up. Kind of sort of the same thought. My same thought is with that with that was Sweet Caroline at Penn State. I don't know if it's it's necessarily the same, but like they were kind of hitting it. They hit it at a weird moment when Penn State was on, going on offense, and it it. it like, like that's gonna get the crowd riled up and, and into the game. Seeing that for defense. And there was there was just other things that happened during the game that were weird to me with with the music choices. But the thing that kind of pissed me off the most was um, I believe it was the second quarter. Sean Clifford threw the ball after making like a little bit of a run forward, and there was a late hit on the the play. And it it should have been a penalty, Steve. I must have watched that seven hundred times in the on the, on the, on the Beaver State, jump drum The play happened and they showed it immediately, which is fine. But then, like four plays later, they're showing it. And and you know what? Had it hadn't been any other player. I don't know if I would have had much problem with it. But the fact that everyone in that stadium knew that Sean Clifford was playing hurt, and you're just going to show Sean Clifford getting hurt or hit. While he's hurt, very hard, very late, probably not in a great spot. Absolutely just ridiculous. Absolutely irresponsible. And and, and to me, not what you expect when you go to a Penn State game. Um, I have no problem. And I think one of my biggest gripes over the years, and I think many other people have this gripe, is they don't show the replays often enough of controversial plays, controversial calls, the, the review situation. And I had no problem with them showing the replay two three times i i kid you not they must have shot it at least 10 times at least 10 times to me it just crossed the line
1: yeah and and at that point the ship sailed right nobody's gonna address it nobody's gonna fix it and on the heels of well not on the heels but you're not in a vacuum on the heels of, of tennessee two weeks ago right or a week ago those kind of things matter those kind of things set a tone and and realistically that's not the tone that has been in Beaver Stadium through the years. I mean, I think there's a, there's a medium ground between not showing any replays and, and doing it 10 times or whatever else. But you're not going to influence the officials at that point. You're not going to rile the crowd up. And, and and overall, I think the game day presentation for the ones I've been in the stadium for, you can notice that, that the personnel that are doing it have changed. I mean, and there has been a change over there in the off season. Mm-hmm. So, and that, and that is an art form. That is not a repeatable, scriptable, Whatever, you need to have somebody who has a little bit of a feel. And you need to have, you know, I think I think Saturday would have been a tough assignment for anybody who was doing that kind of stuff when a team when a team's playing like that and trying to figure out what the magic thing is that's going to try to help get fans engaged and interested.
0: Um yeah, the going back to the the Tennessee thing, I think the other thing that that pissed me off about that was there was an email sent Thursday about happy valley hospitality and it was a very threatening email it was it it, like kind of sort of made a bigger deal out of some of the stuff that may or may not have happened in the stadium and like i haven't heard i saw one incident and that was it like uh, and that was a few games ago but other than that like i haven't heard of any horror stories nobody's done anything like the tennessee like there hasn't been really any stupid moments on the field and or with fans that i've noticed and like you said, like you're just kind of poking the bear there and I I don't like,
1: how can you send that email and then show this replay 600, 700 times? Yeah. Like I think they're two different things and it kind of, it's funny. It's ebbed and flowed through the years. I remember, gosh, when was Matt Seneca of the quarterback when, when they put Matt Seneca in after he'd been out and benched and they brought him in like late in the season, in the game and the crowd booed cause he was coming in and, and, I, and I maintain the crowd was booing the coaches for putting him in, not the kid. I mean, because I, I do think there's a difference for the, for the decision. And, and there was a resolution passed by the, I think the faculty senate about negative cheering. There'll be no negative cheering, you know. And so it, it goes, it kind of ebbs and flows through the years. You see that it becomes like something they emphasize and then it falls off. And I think this has been like the Happy Valley Adventure Bureau, which is, you know, the used to be the visitors bureau, we're calling it an adventure, adventure bureau because they can charge more money that way. Um, I I just that just feels silly and forced to me anyway. I think our fans are generally good. I think anytime you have a hundred thousand people and it's the whatever it is, the second largest stadium in America, you're gonna have some some fools sometimes. You're gonna have some idiots. And and you can't preach to everybody to fix the idiots. You just gotta, you know, deal with it and punish the idiots when it happens.
0: Yeah. Um okay, those those kind of sort of it there. Uh what did you think of the new overtime rules?
1: Well, I can't believe somebody can't get three yards and get in that end zone. That's what I thought. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Somebody can score. Um, it was meant to be quicker, right? It was meant to be more decisive. These, these teams just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. So I don't know, it's okay. I mean, I, I don't know the answer. I don't know the solution. I know it's not they didn't think it was seven overtimes with the teams getting the ball to 25, right? So they changed it. I, I don't, I don't, it's kind of like hockey. Once you get to the shootout, it's a different game. Um, but there was no score in here that that was the, that's what I, I mean really i I don't know that I dislike the format I dislike the fact that nobody could put the ball in the end zone
0: yeah I didn't mind it my biggest changes would be I feel like it happens too early it shouldn't be the third overtime it should maybe be the fifth overtime um and I think that they should do it all at one end zone if you're not allowed to kick it and the whole the whole thing with not or, you know, the whole thing with switching end zones is related to kicking. Some could argue that it's related to where the student section is or isn't. But to me, like that, that would be the easier fix, I guess. And, and then it doesn't take as long and then we're not, Spending a half hour walking back and forth, basically. Yeah. I, I feel I bad for the media that had to run six miles. I, I'd <laughs> love to know how many steps Joe Herman took on Saturday.
1: That's true. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably related to the student sections, right? More than almost more than anything else. Forget the, I mean, I guess the picking two, but yeah, pick an end of the end zone. Pick an end zone. Let's just do it all there and be done. Yep. I mean, everything can happen and be in, in whatever. Okay.
0: All right. Let's start to move forward here and look at this picture-wise. Again, I said that this was James Franklin's worst loss, probably in his coaching career, um, at least head coaching career. I don't know about assistant coaching career. Um, My biggest takeaway is like, and this isn't anything that anybody else hasn't said, but I feel like this loss happened at a really wild time between the fact that this team went from being a team that even if they beat Illinois, it goes into Columbus and beats Ohio state is right back in the playoff conversation to now losing two games in a row. Once again, to also while that's going on a coach who I don't necessarily think is leaving being involved in some rumors for, one job that is open and the other job that is going to be open. It's just like, not great. I don't, I feel like I should say something more eloquent there, but I, I, it just, it feels like the hurricane is kind of sort of getting really close to the coast. And I don't know if the hurricane is going to curl off. I would certainly like to hope I point blank don't think Penn State is going to win this weekend. I have a not great feeling that it's going to be worse than usual. But, like, it's just a very super fascinating time because, like, does that give Franklin the opportunity to say, you know what, we're done here and let's move on? Or does that give other schools that would be interested the opportunity to say, you just lost three in a row, including one of those two. I'm not great. Illinois team. Like we don't really want you. Um, I I don't know. Like I just, and I think everything that is involved with that, you know, I think that a lot of people are putting a lot of shoulders and weight on Drew Larr. And if he does come, maybe this, maybe he is the Deshaun Watson. Well, I guess find a better role model now, but you know, I, maybe he is that person and Penn State finally gets to the promised land. And if they don't, then, but at least we, we, we had the conversation if he doesn't even come to Penn state because James Franklin isn't here. Well, then we've got more problems. And I, I I just feel like like kind of sort of like Audrey Snyder's article said, even Ben Jones had a good article uh, about it. Everything is kind of sort of at a very weird crossroads that, I don't think any of us thought, probably, uh, what the time it was at five o'clock on the during the Iowa game. Thought Penn State would be in right now. Like I think everybody thought that until Sean Clifford got hurt, they were going to win that Iowa game. This weekend was going to be a no contest win, and, and then it was a very important com- competition in Columbus.
1: Uh, I don't know. I I don't think. I think you're right. I I think. What's different about now is when I can think of games that made a difference, Um, Minnesota 99, right? They lose. Mm -hmm. And then that ends the national championship hopes. They struggle. They, they struggle out through the rest of the season, Indiana, 2003 on the road out there where they make Mm -hmm. the goal line stand. Is that right? Mm In 2003. And then they come back and people actually came back to the home game for Michigan state. God, I didn't want to go to that Michigan state game but everybody else made me go. It was cold and snowy, but that Indiana game, at the the moment it happened, nobody said, oh, this is going to be the start of something. At the Minnesota game, nobody thought this is going to be the end of something. Mm -hmm. At the Minnesota game, I guess when they lost a couple years ago and then they made the run, like the games happened and people weren't expecting it to be the start or the end of something. Mm -hmm. Illinois feels a little more in the moment, and maybe it's just because we had a week to wait for it and because it was just such an ugly loss, like, oh, this is not good. Right, because you got Ohio State coming. You know the rest. Of the, comp, the rest of the season still is the toughest part of the season. You got all this noise on the outside. It it feels like the Illinois game was more important for bad reasons, and and we're we're aware of it at the time, as opposed to some other ones that we just didn't know were going to be bad and or good either way. Because I yeah I don't have a great feeling about Ohio State this weekend. I mean I, I just. You know, especially if Clifford played and can't can't be any more healthy this week than he was last week. I'm sorry. It just doesn't make sense. Um, The defense has been lifting the world on its shoulders the whole season. At some point, you know, it's going to get hard to keep doing that. Um, And and it just feels like the noise is kind of catching up to him a little bit. Now, I do think Franklin's teams are different. I think when he talks about staying focused, I think he would rather – embrace the noise or have noise than when bill o'brien was here and you know famously one of the things on his checklist was was ignore the noise on the little things in the building i i think franklin's teams have typically been okay with a little bit of noise um but there's a lot it feels like there's a lot of noise now right it feels like the job search or not search the say i'm staying no i'm i've said that no i haven't you know that kind of thing i i just it 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 and it's just going to be another week of it because if they don't play well at Ohio State, it's just going to be another week of piling on. And it's not, you know, and then you know, three three losses in a row, and people are going to be miserable. So yeah, it's where they go from here is the Columbus, but where they go, what that means and how they go there is going to be interesting. I feel like I feel like
0: winning heals everything, right? Like. It, It's just like, this is the worst time. Like, this is the bad. This is very bad in terms of of timing. it. And one of the things that I feel like in the James Franklin era that, like, it's always been hard to kind of see the light of the tunnel, even if you've always saw the light of the tunnel. Um, And I don't, like, I really don't know, like, if Penn state loses this game and, and then goes on and, and wins everything else out, like, does it, do we kind of forget about this? Probably. But I don't know. Like, I think the you have to worry about the now. And I, I think you have to worry about the calming of, of the now. And I think this would be like point blank, like, I understand if, if James Franklin is trying to stay, which I think he is, and he's trying to leverage new facilities, new whatever, more money for whomever, I understand that he wants that, but he could just really calm a lot of people down if he just said, my, a la my Tomlin, no, I'm not leaving. Why would I leave? Like This This is my home state. This is where I want to be. This is the place that I think I can do it. and unless he doesn't think that I, I don't know I, I really don't know like I, I'm, I' I don't think anybody has the answers right now
1: I, I really don't well two things if they lose Ohio State and win out I don't think it's horrible I think the Illinois list loss feels even worse then right like just because like how could you have that hiccup amidst this stuff right
0: because you're still going to a New year six if you if you beat Illinois right. and lose the in, at Ohio State
1: right right Um, and in, term, in terms of, of coach's status here, um, I think no matter how often he says, I said that, I think people are listening to hear him say something different and something more emphatic. and And I don't know the reasons for that not being different and more emphatic except maybe it's leverage with the administration. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, if it's been eight years and we've got to have leverage and everybody isn't on the same page about how they value the program or how they do that, that's not a good sign. If it's he's not think- saying it for personal reasons or whatever else, or there's something where, you know, then I guess we'll find out in a few weeks, you know, or, or six weeks or whatever.
0: Do you think that's a, a problem with, when you say it's not a good sign, do you think that's a problem with Franklin or do you think that's a problem with the administration?
1: I think it's both i think i I think that that is a situation and i have i have no insights either way but i think you know everybody everybody writes at least the media and we talk a little bit about trying to talk about the media if the media always talks about leverage and maybe he's getting coaches salaries whatever else there's only two sides in this right there's the athletics athletics administration slash administration on one side and the coaches the other like if, if they aren't all on the same page about what what's valued and what they can afford to support and what's going on i mean it's been almost a decade they've been together eight years like Seems like people should be on the same page and it shouldn't be. I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's an adversarial relationship, but it, it just feels like they should be on the same page in terms of goals and whatever it shouldn't be. He has to have leverage. It should be, okay, what can we afford to do and how do we get there together as opposed to trying to find leverage? And, and that's a, a weird word to me when they talk about that, I guess.
0: what Where I'm at with that, that conversation is and, trying to think of how I want to phrase this, but where I'm with that conversation is I think some of it is just the fact that people are like, well, this is how it was done. And this is how we're going to do it. I don't necessarily know that that's what it is, but I think what James Franklin needs and is probably looking for in all of this, what I truly believe is that he wants like, he just wants the commitment. Like he wants the commitment, commitment that, that, you know what, you can go a little bit more in on, on athletic spending, whatever, however much it costs because at the end of the day, like, let's be honest. And I would love to see like the studies. And I'm sure someone has the numbers, but I guarantee you schools like Clemson and, and schools like Alabama and even if their their academics which certainly those schools aren't aren't known for per se you know uh, their academics are 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 here but their football is here and more people think of them as the football school and i know that that is a problem and i know that that can become an issue but there's is power in that that gets your school more attention that gets your school more money eventually you just have to be patient and I think committing to that and giving that would be nice. And I think that's what James Franklin wants. And I think that's one of the reasons why he would would leave too, because I, I think he could get that at an LSU. I think he could get that at a USC. It's just the question of is what he wants to achieve, where where is what he wants to achieve easier to accomplish? And I, I think it's here, then USC, than
1: LSU. Yeah, I think there's I, – I think it's a – this is – may not feel it right now, to Coach Franklin, the coaching staff, and certain fans probably don't feel this way, but this is a kinder, gentler place uh-huh. than neither USC or LSU would be uh-huh. on the way to those places. That said, I was driving home tonight because we're recording this late um, on uh, on Wednesday, driving home from campus thinking, God, this place is in the middle of nowhere. It like, is. Like, like if you want to fly into Columbus as a recruit or whatever else, it's pretty easy to get there. Same with Ann Arbor. You know, so, I mean, maybe they are certainly not as much as Columbus, but it just still feels a little more. Um, so there, there are inherent challenges. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think there are upsides to it all. Um, I don't know. I, I don't see a markedly better option for the Penn State coach if for some reason James Franklin would leave. I, mm-hmm. I, I, think, I, he's, I think he's great for the program. I think he's a good – I think he's the right person for this place. I don't know him well enough to know, you know, anything else beyond that in terms of personality, good guy, whatever else, but he's, you know, all the public stuff seemed to come off. I don't know private or anything else in terms of behind the scenes, but I, I just don't know who'd be better. Like, I mean, I, I know who might be equal and if they're lucky as good, but I don't know who's better. Right. So. No, I agree with see. Um uh
0: I I think we got to discuss this real quick and then we'll move on from, from football talk and, and we'll speed up the rest of this show. James Franklin doesn't slip up very often. He doesn't mix up his words very often. And today he mixed up his words a couple of times when he was talking about where Ohio state plays football. He called it the big house when he was talking about, coaching questions about his future and where his focus was, he said multiple times it was on Illinois. To me, that's just really bizarre. And and people weren't pointing that out. I don't think it's a thing. Like, I don't think it's like, uh, I think he's just got a lot on his plate right now. And I think he's just like, uh, like at some point we have to remember much like we we do this with, with any athlete that these people are human. They have lives, they have families, they have, as anybody who's ever been in a job search will tell you, it's stressful. It's not easy. It's it's complicated. And I don't know necessarily know if he's in a job search, but I'm sure he's having conversations about it. Um, And I'm sure he's having conversations about his future at Penn State. And I think he's just got a lot on his plate. But to me, it was just so bizarre to see him crack a little bit because he doesn't do that. he he, he very rarely gets angry on the sideline you know he he'll he'll do it once a game if it's if it's warranted he'll very rarely call somebody out he'll very rarely be aggressive like maybe
1: we're just seeing a different James Franklin maybe it's
0: just what he's learned
1: I don't know it was it was bizarre that he said that um it was different I mean it was out of character um just because he's been so on point and specific about stuff I mean to you know, to, to preach the one and no mentality and, and twice during the news conference refer to the upcoming opponent as the opponent you already played, that's kind of tough. Um, I'm sure the folks in Ohio, I mean, and it's funny, right? Because he'll shut down stuff. He won't answer questions during news conference. Well, you know, you don't know who maybe who be listening to this. So I'm not going to tell you we do with our offense. Well, I'll tell you, if the folks were listening in Columbus and he was talking about playing Illinois this week, they're going to, they're, that's going to be shared or experienced or, or talked about. Um, but I, I just think it was a bad. I mean, I just think it was a bad day. You got a lot on your plate, a lot going on, but it was out of character. If he'd have been a 70-year-old coach coming off of this loss last week and the team didn't look good and this happened, people would be like, the game's passed him by, right? I mean, it, it's it, it's just different, but it's not that in this situation. I think he, I think he's busy. He's got a lot on his plate and, and I don't think was as focused today on that endeavor. Um, and it's funny, we're a week after we week after the scrimmage, right? where they did the media practices with the the, the script, the this backup players, right? They had the scrimmage and they did media with them, and then he said, "Oh, we talked about. We'll go in. And we'll point out what's wrong and what they did wrong." He's got some tape to look at from that as a result of today, yeah. too. Who knows?
0: Maybe he's just watching. Maybe he's just watching a lot of like he's not certainly someone that dwells on the past, but maybe he's just watching a lot of the Illinois game tape because maybe it's just he knew up a little bit. Right. All right. Anything else you want to say?
1: No, nope. you're good? Okay.
0: All right. Steve, this weekend you are traveling to the fine state of Tennessee. Um, are, uh, why, why don't you
1: tell our listeners why? On the Nashville, we're going to a hockey game. We're going to Penn State hockey game against North Dakota in Nashville. Um, they have direct flights from State College to Nashville, which is a big selling point because I have made the drive before to Nashville from State College 11 hours each way. It's, to move it's a, not great. No, it's not. Moved a daughter in on the hottest day of July for her first <laughs> job. So, and then left her in the morning on a Sunday morning, left the, the garden style apartments in Nashville, where there were five police cars in the parking lot, catching Lord knows who, who was <laughs> four doors up from our daughter as we're driving back 11 hours away. Um, so yeah. Um, but I'm excited. Like, I think it'll be, be a fun trip, fun game to see him play in North Dakota and, and Nashville. While it has been hopping the past decade or so, this weekend should be another fine weekend. It's Halloween weekend, so Saturday night on Broadway ought to be interesting. It's also the weekend of the 5,000th five, 5, Grand Old Opry recording, so Garth Brooks and Darius Rucker are, hot, are headlining uh, back-to-back shows on the other side of the river for that, so I'm sure people will be in the town for that. So looking forward to it. Um, I mean, we've been there twice, moved the daughter in, moved the daughter out, um, but looking forward to a few days of just checking out the town and uh, doesn't look like it's vacation weather. Temperatures are going to be in the fifties. So that's not a fun thing. Steve
0: has all your travel updates.
1: So, on but still Nashville, Steve,
0: I, I, I think because there's so much crap going on with the football program right now um, that I think this game is getting lost. And I think this is actually a very big deal uh, uh, for Penn state hockey um number one, they're playing North Dakota for the first time, I believe in program history. Um, really point blank, if North Dakota is, um, I don't want to necessarily say an Alabama level, but they are an SEC level in terms of of, of, of their pride in history um. In terms of what they've done, the players that they produced, um, the people that have kind of walked through there. And I think, I think this is a big deal also because the fact that Penn State is getting to play in one of these games. Now, if you don't know this, North Dakota basically has done this for last however many years. This is basically North Dakota's fans' bowl trip um, where they will go. And there will be more North Dakota people there. Like the entire state of North, there's chances are the entire state of North Dakota will be at this game on Saturday.
1: One chartered flight from State College, 10 from North Dakota.
0: Yeah. So I, I think that kind of sort of tells you the, the difference of of what is happening. But I think we're getting to the point, I was like doing some math the other day and I was like, wow, it's really been 10 years since so next year will be 10 years of division one hockey. And I think, you know, outside of the fact that they haven't reached a frozen four yet, which I think that would right now is still the, the ultimate goal for the program. I think they eventually they want to win a, a national title. I think it just kind of sort of shows the growth that, yeah, I think Penn state's headed in the right direction with this. Um, I, I think it's a big deal that they're finally getting to play North Dakota because it, North Dakota is in a lot of ways, a gatekeeper of, of college hockey and it shows the respect there. Um, I think that's important. And I think the other thing is it, it, is, like I said, like this is North Dakota's outside of a tournament game. This is the, their biggest game of the year. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm also I think it's always cool anytime that Penn State gets to play at a rink that is an NHL arena because who knows, you never know in a few years who's going to be playing where and it, it's good experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be neat. I think it's going to be cool to see. The atmosphere will be great. And it's a great, like I said, great opportunity for the program. I mean, it was supposed to happen last year. Didn't, which would have been even more interesting with that team, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of respect nationally for what Penn State has done. And, it's, and, and Penn State's influence in terms of the dominoes, in terms of making Big Ten hockey a reality, in terms of other programs that have come online or as a result are talking about come online, coming online. Penn State has had that that influence just as it did in in the early 90s, moving to the Big Ten for other sports. So, yeah, I'm excited to see North Dakota. I'm excited to see the atmosphere of the event and be part of the event. And I think the whole weekend with with it being in Nashville, will just have a, have a little more excitement and energy. So then after a weekend of not energy, I think there'll be plenty of energy this weekend. So that'll be cool.
0: Um, most important question. Are you wearing a cowboy hat or cowboy boots?
1: Thought about the boots, but that means I got to carry something else in my bag, so probably not. Okay,
0: I just figured I'd ask. You. Yeah, those aren't great to take off at TSA. That,
1: that would not be. No, great. well, but we're we're TSA priests. So that'd be good. But oh, I oh, oh, carry we'll something TSA else creature. in my. I know. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm TSA, I know, sorry. I, I, ooh, sorry. Smart ass. <laughs> Pepping your step. Don't come back at me with that. Uh, all right. Be good. That's actually that's actually the best investment you can make if you travel. You should buy your TSA We,
0: we have every year every time we travel. Oh, we should do pre check. We should do pre check. He still hasn't done pre check. Um. Okay. Steve. Also, this happening this weekend on Sunday is as you take a a swig of your your Hershey's beer is Halloween, and I, I want to know from you, Steve. Two things. Number one. I want to know your top three Halloween candies, and I want to know the one Halloween costume that you are especially proud of.
1: I can't remember my host- my costumes from when I was a kid, but we did. Um, our oldest daughter had a Halloween party two or three years ago, and Susan and I went as like a hunter and a deer. Thought that okay. was kind of cool. Busted right. out my Good. old hunting stuff, so that was kind of cool. So I'm Good. proud of that one. Very
0: um, very central PA, Halloween costume. Very
1: central. Well, and the, the best part was I'm wearing this, this orange thing that I used to wear to hunt, and it has an old license on it. And some kid that, uh, our, our friend, grabs me. He's like, when was the last time you were hunting? I'm like, oh, it's, it's been a while. Like, it's been, he's like, because they don't make licenses like this anymore. <laughs> he's like, "Looking." at him. I'm like, well, then it's been a longer time than I thought. Um, candy, uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, um, M&M's and uh three musketeers interesting there's no like that those were
0: all chocolate candies i know no, no there's, e- i
1: only believe in chocolate I, that's oh, oh okay no, right. i'm just saying everything with me is chocolate that's the answer chocolate sorry yours are okay and the costume uh, is
0: reese's which is definitely number number one um uh you know like i love i i genuinely love smarties like i think smarties are just crack basically they're amazing um, and you know I really as long as it's a good flavored lollipop you can't go wrong with a lollipop like I know I, I like lollipops they're good um, Halloween costume that I'm most proud of so I don't I haven't dressed up in, in quite a while um, it's a contentious point in the household um, but I think probably one of my favorites was one year for Halloween, I went as a hockey player, but uh, because I played hockey growing up, I had everything. We would go to the, the doorstep, and the people would be like, "Wow, your costume looks really real." And I'd be like, "Yes, thank you." Like it, it was, it basically became a joke. At the point of that night between me and my mom walking around the the, the streets of Juniata, getting candy, was people just being like, "Wow, your costume is great. It's fantastic. Where did you get it?" And I was like, it's actually like a $1,000 of hockey gear that I'm wearing, basically. <laughs> um, so that would be – that one would That's be good. up there, definitely.
1: Very good. That's good stuff.
0: Uh, Do you – now, I think you live out in the middle of nowhere. So you, do you get trick-or-treaters or no?
1: We do. Um, We'll get – actually, in our township, like State College proper, the trick-or-treat hours are two hours because we're out in the sticks. It's actually three hours to get poor people to drive around, do time to okay. drive around. So we got – like 35 groups last year wow oh because it was the night of it was the night of the ohio state game last year right so we set up shop we had a tailgate in the garage and set up the big tv and watched the ohio state game and then let kids walk up the driveway to like say hello and trick-or-treat or or whatever else so yeah do you guys how how big is it we we have not
0: we were away last weekend or last year watching the game somewhere so we have not experienced halloween so I have no clue how much candy to buy. And I, I think I, I gut's telling me that I'm going to overbuy candy and then we're going to be eating a ridiculous amount of candy. You for... just bring
1: it to the tailgate the following week. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true.
1: All right. Anything else? Are you getting full-size candy bars? Or little candy bars. I don't know. You're getting Skittles and Sprees and mixing them with it. That's the smart decision, actually.
0: Yeah, I think that's maybe what we do is just kind of get like a couple different bags of stuff and now, now, are you like give one piece of candy to the kids, or are you like a couple pieces of candy? Like here, here's a hand, little little handful, not a big handful. Uh,
1: usually, it's like two pieces, right? Like because they're like the fun size bars, so you can take two type deal. Though last year, I think because we didn't expect as much, I got overruled and we did full size bars. Because I'm like, are you really? Like, come on. Um, probably got usually a little, it's
0: like a little expensive two. then, didn't
1: it? Well, I, I that's what I I was told it wasn't that much, but we'll see. Okay. <laughs> I never believe that. When she tells me that, I never believe that.
0: <laughs> Anyways, we'll save, save Steve from sleeping on the couch tonight. So uh, uh this has been a, another episode of the Stuff Summer Says Podcast with Steve. Um, subscribe and like us and do all of that. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, by the way, if you've made it this far in the show, I do want to let you know. We have hit over 2,000 downloads since we started this podcast, which is pretty good. That is pretty good for just Steve and I sitting here having a weekly therapy session. Um, You can email our show at stuffsummer says podcast at gmail.com. You should give us some feedback. My Twitter handle is at summer says yours.
1: At Steve Stamsel.
0: I miss anything. Going once, going twice. If you buy a cowboy hat, you have to send a picture. That's all I ask.
1: I'll send a picture or something, but it won't be of a cowboy hat because I'm not buying a cowboy hat. I'm not that cool. Okay. Can't right. carry it off. All right. All right. Have fun. See you. See you.